Welcome into the Walk-Ons, part of the Caveman Podcast Network. Here with your hosts, Eric Comfer, CJ Wagner, and CJ Pearson. Hello, Caveman Nation. Eric here with your post-recording update. The CJs and I simply could not contain our passion for this week's topic and ran quite long. For your listening pleasure... We have divided this latest episode of the Walk-Ons into two parts, the second of which will be released in the following days. Until then, I hope you enjoy part one of our NFL Prospects Preview. What's up, everybody? It's the Walk-Ons. I'm CJ. I'm going to be leading the show today. With me today, I've got Eric Comfer. How you doing, Eric? How's it going, guys? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for some new blood. Uh, yeah, and for the second straight episode, we've got a, a new co-host, uh, CJ Pearson. We're going to be calling him Cap, so there's no confusion between the two CJs uh, throughout the episode. How you doing, CJ? I'm doing good. Hope y'all doing good, too. We are. All right, uh, today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the NFL draft. is coming up on later this month in about a week and a half. Um, we're going to go over our our top 10 prospects, not necessarily who we think is going to be picked in the top 10, but our big board of the best prospects. But first, before we get started in that, we've got Eric's dad joke of the day. Mm, Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. The three of us went golfing uh, yesterday to be exact. So I use that as my theme. Okay. Okay. And we are a good one. Uh, it's not going to be better than it's our just, golf game. I'm sure it's comparable. That's a good way to, yeah, it's <laughs> our golf game is equal to Eric's dad joke of the day. Oh, this is going to fall flat then. Of course. <laughs> no, it's more likely it's going to shank to the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, Are you guys ugly. ready? Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> no, yes, but uh, maybe so. Come on, something. That was ugly. Yeah. Huh? Maybe I the mean, delivery was a little. Like, that's the worst kind of joke. Not you, <laughs> folk, nobody. Joke no, just a golfing dad joke. No, straight up. No reaction. <laughs> Like, because you either want people to be, you either want people to yeah. be cracking up, or you want people to be like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't get an insult, but I also didn't get applause. No, I, I, I got, think the I got, silence is is an insult. I feel like I got confusion. Yeah. Like, is is he done telling the joke? Is that it? I I was expecting a much better uh hook at the end, but. That one was terrible. I mean, well, you nine, mean like our like our drives? My like, drives yeah. weren't that bad towards on the back nine. Um, it was just another joke, CJ. Don't get offensive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you would have if you would have said that was a good my joke. okay, thank you. Let's <laughs> pretend that was the dad joke of the day. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next segment. We've done a very similar segment like this before as a matter of fact we have done this segment before it's our pros to pop comparisons 
I've got a list of five NFL players, and Cap and Eric are going to give me their pop culture comparison for each player. Are y'all ready? Or I think what we're going to do to make it a little easier on Cap, since it's his first recording with us, is uh, and also to save him the embarrassment of having to follow my sad excuse for comparisons, I'm going to do the comparisons and you guys can just react. And I imagine it'll be mostly making fun of me, but hey, that's pretty much a standard here on the walk-ons, right? At least for me, anyway. You make it too easy. Okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to change myself, CJ. <laughs> You're still beautiful, though. Oh, thank you for lying to me. <laughs> All right, you ready? Go ahead, make my day. We've got two Father Times on here. The first one is Mr. Fitzmagic himself, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. Um, so for this one, I went with the real life Dosa Keys, most interesting man in the world, Sean Connery. We lost huh? him within the last year, so um, I also wanted to kind of give a tribute to him. Sean Connery epitomizes refined masculinity. Okay, I mean, whatever this guy does, he's the legend at. From James Bond to fathering um, Indiana Jones, he is a legend in himself. So when you think about what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, Ryan Fitzpatrick has the beard of all beards. He is a gun-slinging, exciting-style quarterback. We can debate how good and effective a quarterback he is. He is a mountain man who went to Harvard. So he's smart. A, he is he is arguably the most intelligent football player off the field um, in NFL history. And just like Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for just about every team in the league, Sean Connery and his heyday was in everything. You saw him everywhere. So Sean Connery is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's a that's a pretty spot on yeah, comparison. That's I mean, not bad at all. I, if you actually, if you take the beard off of him, then yeah, spot on. I like it. Yeah, that you know like what? early uh, early Connery did not have the beard. You know, James Bond Connery. Uh, mm. Not quite sure when the beard came around, but you know, movies like The Rock and King Arthur. You know, when the beard became white. Right. So he had a very he had a regal beard. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. He had a very regal voice as well. So. Uh, th- that that he did. I don't. I can't say that Fitzpatrick has the Sean Connery voice, but um, he's got a beard to all end to end all beards. And you know what? Even Connery didn't go to Harvard. So the most interesting man in the world, Brian Fitzpatrick. I'll take it. All right, okay. moving on to the next one, our part two of Father Time, Mister Thomas Brady. Okay, so for Mr. Thomas Brady, I have a legend in his own right, Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's for three reasons. One, everything he touches turns to gold. Two, because he gets better with age. And three, because both are in their 40s and they still party with 20-year-olds. Hey, bada, 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 so bada. I can dig it 100%. That's another, another good one. <laughs> Dude, you're now, so much better at this than you are at your dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you. I think is that a compliment or yeah, a back? Yeah. That is a backhanded one, but I'll take it. 
Um, you know, the difference, I guess if you had to pick a difference, the difference is Tom Brady's 20-year-olds are his fellow football players. Leonardo DiCaprio's 20-year-olds are his rotating trend of model girlfriends. Um, and you know what? Honestly, both guys, you really would, you're, you're jealous of because they are the man, both of them. They are like twins born from different wombs. Right. They are God's most beautiful mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah, DiCaprio's definitely got the the uh, ladies down pat. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they age out of the uh, – basically, DiCaprio's girlfriends age out at 25. It's like a running back in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as he can keep pulling them in, then he, why not? Hey, look, good for him. Good for him. I'm, I'm not really – it's not a hate. It's it's envy. It's envy. It really That's is. envy. And and I'm definitely not envious of Brady. I believe he's the oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and his wife is a supermodel who's worth twice as much as he is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that poor guy. <laughs> he's not lacking. All right, ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's see what you got. Let's go with Mr. Antonio Brown. Oh, speaking of the guy that was living on Brady's couch. Oh, yes. I don't know if you heard that story. Until when Antonio Brown first came to Tampa Bay, he was literally living on Tom Brady's couch. One, because he didn't have a place to live. And two, because Tom Brady did not trust his ass. So I'm going to keep an eye on you. When he first moved to where? To Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Oh, forgive me. Forgive me. Oh. <laughs> okay, so for this one, my theme is I went with somebody – whose career is over they're just the only one that doesn't know it yet and that is miley cyrus oh 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 i don't know miley might have to say about that (laughs) well yeah guess what i bet she would and antonio brown would have something to say with me saying his career is not over he might not literally be done with the nfl but the antonio brown didn't he he catch a touchdown in the super bowl he might not literally be done in the NFL, but the Antonio Brown that we have come to know, that guy is done. He's no longer a pro bowler. He is at he best. Exist anymore. Yeah. He... yeah. <laughs> and maybe maybe my thought is I just wish Miley Cyrus didn't exist anymore. That, that's probably a good one. Yeah, I, can, I mean, uh, can't argue with that. So. <laughs> okay. Maybe not, not as much of a reaction on that one. Oh, so we can move on. I'm sorry. You guys aren't Molly or Miley Cyrus haters. Maybe how about here about this Hannah Montana? That's a career that's over. Yeah, well, that was also a yeah. uh, fictional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was Miley Cyrus when she was innocent. Doesn't that seem like a long, long time ago? Yeah, but after that ended, she had Wrecking Ball, which was a pretty big hit. Yeah, yeah. And and the time she, uh, she took like a hard left turn straight from innocent to. <laughs> uh, Naked on a, a wrecking ball. So, I mean, there was, no, there was no in between for her. There's well, That tends to happen a lot with uh, former Disney actresses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she pulled a, I don't know if Lindsay Lohan was Disney or not, but she pulled a Lindsay Lohan and a... I think she, she was Disney, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so who knew on this latest episode of The Walk-Ons you were going to be getting a <laughs> Disney... Child star review. <laughs> Where hey, are they now? In the in the last episode of the Walk-Ons, we did debate whether or not our main 
demographic were preschoolers. So. <laughs> so maybe we should just stick with Disney. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if the yeah. information we just relayed to them needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, you want to talk about a taboo name in Disney's Miley Cyrus. You can't yeah, say yeah. that name. Now. It definitely is. All right, let's move on to People the next disappear one. from Disney for saying Miley Cyrus's name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. The world's got a little smaller. All right, let's go to our next one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, okay. So with this one, when you guys think of Christian McCaffrey, like this guy is squeaky clean. I think I don't have a daughter. I have a son. But if I had a daughter, I would want her to bring home somebody like Christian McCaffrey. Right? Okay. Okay. But my approach is a little bit different. Maybe it's just who I am. So <clears throat> Christian is the kind of person that my daughter brings him home. And I say, you better get an anchor baby with that guy. You need to trap him. <laughs> <laughs> so the person that I compared him to is uh, the squeaky clean celebrity that I would tell my daughter – to trap this person, and that is Nick Jonas. Okay. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Kind of went from Disney to Nickelodeon, but... You know, yeah. <laughs> well, in between, <laughs> I talked about Anchor sure, Babies. Sure, there was a little bit of crossover there on, you know, Disney and Nickelodeon for the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, yeah. They so were we're, we're trying to stick with that demographic. Well, you know what? He also he had... Away uh, from he, was in, he was in Dunkirk, right? Uh, yeah, he played a small role in Dunkirk. Okay, so um, I think you know, I think he was like the main character in Dunkirk. Honestly, was he? yeah. Oh, he I don't was. know. So you you know what the guy played in? A I war think movie. I fell asleep like, during Dunkirk. So it, it, it was a good movie, but I watched it in IMAX, and I think that's the only way it's a good movie. Is you're just like, holy crap, what's going on yeah, right probably. now? Yeah, anyway, again, I went with a little different direction. Um, I hope that I don't eventually have a daughter, and then she comes back and finds this in the Walk-On's archive. And you said, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> You've still got time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last player in the pros to pops, Mr. Richard Sherman. Okay, I think this one is pretty straightforward. I'm going to just say the name, and then you guys can tell me why I chose this name. Kanye West. Hmm. Why do you think I chose this name? Okay. So, do we all yeah, remember? I have no idea. Whoa. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, Hold on. I'm not drawing a comparison there. Yo, Taylor. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. Does that ring a bell? No. Yeah. Okay. His little interruption during the interview. Both of them love berating and interrupting and and at times scaring skinny little white girls so for richard sherman it was aaron andrews after he had that interception in the afc championship game his infamous rant where aaron andrews is scared for her life the whole time like what is this guy i mean literally he scared me and i was on the other side of the screen and to compare it to kanye west and his let's just say um how would I describe his uh, his behavior towards poor little Taylor Swift? <laughs> Straight up disrespectful. Straight up yeah, disrespectful. That, that I was going to say that was that was just bad. Yeah, it was, and I reached back. That that was a long time ago. So that was uh, that was, I was, that was it was it was definitely reaching back. 
What are we going to say, Cap? Play devil, devil's advocate. You know, Richard Sherman has been like that his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye West was a progressive progression. You know, got progressively worse and you know culminated in the Taylor Swift thing. And then after that, it was just oh, it's just Kanye West now. You know that. I just, <laughs> That's Mr. Uh, presidential candidate Kanye oh, West. That's right. true. Yeah, put him up there, right up there with Harambe and D's nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse has always garnered quite a few votes as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we 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 talked about um, Ryan Fitzpatrick being one of the smartest NFL players. Richard Sherman isn't too far behind him. He graduated from Stanford. Stanford, yeah. You got he to have did. a pretty it, high it, GPA to get into Stanford to begin with. So. Mm-hmm. Even if you are a football player. Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is a guy from Stanford. That, again, he really Christian McCaffrey really is the guy. Like, you know, yeah. you, you want your daughter, to, <laughs> at, at the very least, be his baby mama. He's got the CPI commercials, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> well, that I don't is think true. You could lose with with any of them. Yeah. Maybe you, Antonio. Antonio is a little, say, little uh, strange. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> Antonio Brown might be a bit of a lost cause, but yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Oh, right. That, that was fun. That was that was a good segment for our pros to pop. Now, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Now it is time for the meat and potatoes of this episode. Our top 10 NFL prospects. Each one of us has compiled a list of the best players in the draft. We, we've all got a few of the same players, and we've also got quite a few differences. Um, we're going to start off with Eric. You want to run through your list real quick? Yeah, I'll, I'm just going to burn through it because I know you guys will disagree. The way I did it, there is room for interpretation. I did it based on top 10 players that I think will have the greatest impact. So okay. just to give you, to go ahead and kill the surprise a little bit, I have all five quarterbacks in my top 10, even though. Three of those I do not consider the top ten relative to others at their position. But if they hit, and even if there's a slight chance that they hit, if a quarterback hits, he's more valuable than even the best defensive end in the draft. So that's why that's my justification for including five quarterbacks. It's it's about impact. Okay. Right? All right. Uh, so number one, all that talk about quarterbacks and my number one prospect is not a quarterback. Kyle Pitts, uh, followed by Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, Zach Wilson, Penny Sewell, Micah Parsons, Rayshon Slater, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. I didn't give positions or teams. I figured we would talk about them later. Let's, All right, let's 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 yeah, start let's at start the bottom off. at okay. number ten. You got Trey Lance. Trey Lance, number 10. He's a quarterback from North Dakota State. Why do you have him on your list? Well, I tell you what. Why do you have him so low? Oh, that's the better question. I'm assuming, based on what you told me, CJ, he's not on your list. Is that correct? No. As a matter of fact, three of your quarterbacks are not on my list. Wow. Okay, we're going to have a lot of talk about that. One of your quarterbacks is not on mine. 
All right. Now, Cap, you like Trey Lance. Is that right? I do like Trey Lance. What number um, is he for you? Uh, for me, he is number five. Okay. So for uh, me. So, now, and out of the out, so out of the five quarterbacks, out of the five best quarterbacks, supposedly in the draft, you know, again, I, I do not have Mac Jones on my list. Uh, I have ranked Trey Lance as the third best. I ranked him above Justin Fields. Uh, you know, while we have more of a sample size of Justin Fields' performance, Trey Lance's development in the 17 games that he started is has just been unbelievable. The fact that, you know, again, it could just be dumb luck, but the fact that he had he threw one interception in a game that was not a good game for him in 17 starts. Yes. Yeah. Just, just you, you can't argue with that kind of progression in, in a quarterback, whether it's, you know, FCS, FBS. It, it, to me, it doesn't matter. You can see the talent there. Well, like people said, could also see the talent in Carson Wentz when he came out of North Dakota, North State, Dakota State. Yeah. And I he's kind of. I will say, Carson I would Wentz. I would say he was has, a bust. Yeah. As he, he did manage to get the Eagles all the way into the playoffs. What two year, two three years ago, whatever, whatever what year, whatever year it was, and then you know he ended up getting hurt. So you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, you'll never know what what would have happened if Wentz hadn't got hurt. But I just you know Trey Lance is you know I think what is he six four two hundred mm-hmm. something pounds um two hundred I can't remember two two twenty five something like that yeah. two twenty six yeah. something like that. He's got the size of an NFL quarterback. He can run. He can throw. He's accurate. You know, again, one interception in 17 games kind of speaks for itself. No, one interception against FCS teams. I'm not exactly sold on the level of competition that he played against. He played in, he started 17 games. I mean, the biggest knock on Mitchell Trubisky when he came out of UNC was he only started 13 games. That's not a huge jump from 13 to 17. And it's against much less competition. So I don't know if he can make that jump from from FCS competition to the NFL. I, I agree with that. You know, but also the comes out of a pro, you know, North Dakota State runs a pro style offense where he's got to make reads at the line, you know. And there some of the, the fundamental things that come with being a quarterback in the NFL and being able to read a defense at the line and call an audible. Some of these things that some people just don't show the capability of doing that he's been doing for well 17 games obviously you know the season got derailed last year there's really nothing anyone can do about that and then they played one game against what was it uh arkansas state this year Mm -hmm. in the fall i mean in the spring uh which again they they ended up winning that game but it wasn't his best game you know again he had the interception but like i said it's just to me his progression as the quarterback and the style of offense he's played in just leans leans more towards the pro game than some of these other players now i just because i don't have him on my on my big board doesn't mean i don't think he's gonna go high i still believe he's a top 10 pick i just don't think he's a top 10 player in this draft oh, i think he could be a top three pick I think mm. uh, Ooh. Ooh. I think that he has a pro day coming up tomorrow 
which the San Francisco 49ers will be in attendance at. And they pick at number three. Mm-hmm. And they pick at number three, assuming so nothing changes. Now, now I will say on my mock draft, I do have San Francisco going with Justin Fields, just oh. because the buzz around everything has had San Francisco high, really high on Justin Fields. Uh, however, you know, in some of these stories that I've read, some of the research I've done and been able to, to complete, they're going to be there for his pro day, and it sounds like. If he has a good day, it could sway some uh, sway some votes and change some minds. Okay. So, just, okay. you know, that's all up to Trey Lance at this point. All right. Uh, I'm, I think I'm I'm probably more on CJ CJ side to Cap side on this. The positive of Trey Lance, Cap, you're exactly right. He has the size. He has the arm strength. He has the athletic ability. He ran for over 1,100 yards in double-digit touchdowns in 2019, his last full season. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So while all those statistics are spectacular, even against FCS opponents, the biggest red flag for me, it's, it, it takes your concern about sample size, CJ, to a whole nother degree. Mm-hmm. All four of the other top quarterbacks average 300 yards per game passing or more Trey Lance against FCS opponents averaged 149 yards passing a game. That is like middle school level passing. Yes, of course he didn't throw an interception. He is a six foot four Cam Newton type athlete playing playing against low level Division one players in an offense where they barely ask him to throw the ball. The reason I even have him in my top ten is because he does have all the physical tools. And if he does hit and it would take the right position, right, the right place for him to go for him to hit, he could be spectacular. He has Cam Newton type of uh, arm talent and athletic ability. I just would not take him very high because if you take a quarterback in the top 10 as a GM, you are staking your job on that player. Yes. Well, yeah, that's everything. Again, when you when you do the research on these players and looking at a lot of what these analysts say about him, you know, it's a player like Trey Lance and and even a player like Mac Jones, you know, again, Mac Jones' sample size really isn't that big. I mean, one season and then a a few games where Tagovailo was hurt in 2019, you know, like you said, you're staking your claim on it's, it can make a team or it can break a team. Um, Yeah. It it could go really, really well, or it could implode. So, (laughs) That's true. For me, in my one last thing, from just the way I view it, if you're a later in the the further back you fall in the draft, the more I believe in taking a swing for upside. But because there's, especially for a general manager, if you're in the top ten, because that pick is so closely correlated to your job security, I believe in risk mitigation, in particular with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Trey Lance is the the complete opposite of risk mitigation. He has the highest risk of all of these top five quarterbacks. And that's hard for me. I don't think that's much of a debate. Now, again, he also arguably has the greatest physical tools in this draft. And the risk is tied to the sample size, both per game and number of games. Not necessarily like you have not. We have not seen him make any mistakes. Right. But we haven't seen him challenged either. So that's where I I see that risk. But then again, you know, I do see the talent, so I understand him having him where you have him cap. 
And if he hits, you know, he could absolutely be – he has perennial pro bowler ceiling. I just don't know what the odds are that he gets there. Now, yeah. you know, I think this might be the first time someone possibly talked themselves out of taking that player. Uh, sounds like you're you're a little iffy about that. No, it, well, it's more I believed it from the beginning. That's why I, I kind of um, – I made sure to mention before I started that these aren't necessarily the top 10 guys relative to their position. Mm-hmm. It's top 10 guys based on impact. And if he hits, it's hard to argue with the impact. I would, I wouldn't take him. I put it the only, I would take him at 15 if I was a Patriots because Bill Belichick can take that risk. He's not losing his job. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sniff him before that because I'm not willing to risk my job. If I'm a general manager or I'm, I'm playing armchair general manager right now, I'm not risking my, um, recliner on Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, since you don't have Lance at number 10, who do you have at number 10? I have at number 10, Patrick Sertain, cornerback from Alabama. He's going to be a stud. Yes. Uh, yes. He's, he's definitely uh, got the, the pedigree. Uh, he, yes, he does. Uh, now I will say uh, a lot when I wrote all my notes down, I didn't write down a lot of the positives for in the top 10 because, I mean, yeah, I like the player. The positives, I mean, what do you like about him? He's good at football. So, <laughs> touche, you know, touche. <laughs> you know, a lot, you know and, and some of these are things that, you know, I, I love college football. Like, I love it. Like, I can't get enough college football. So, I watch a lot of it. Uh, I even watch a lot of games that don't involve teams that I really care about just because I like the sport so much. But, you know, from what I've seen and from what I've been able to find out and do my research, you know, he, he doesn't really have, he doesn't constantly and consistently, you know, reroute receivers and get them off their routes. But his football knowledge, football IQ, you know, he rarely, rarely has false steps. He's also one of the fastest cornerbacks in Division One. He's got plenty of speed to stay on top in the vertical game. So, and I want to say I think um, God is that man's name that came out of Alabama. Um, starts with an M. It was a cornerback, Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey is a, a very good comparison um, to for certain to an NFL player. Okay. My comp was Patrick Patterson. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. He was relative to other positions. He would have been on my list. He was number eleven for me. So, yeah, I've got him. At, I will say you you made your list relative to other players in that position, and I took a very simplistic approach to mine and yeah. just who I thought was the best ten players. That's yeah, that's what I did as well. Yeah, and I've got um, I've got Sertain at number nine, so we're not too far off with that. I I see him more than Namdi Asamoah. Who played for the Raiders uh, a few years ago? He, I mean, the dude's a lockdown press cornerback. Yeah. Um, he's got that size. He got that from his dad. His dad was a, a receiver back in the day. The the dude is is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe Xavier Rhodes too. I'm just kind of. I feel like there's, you know, there's a reason we're finding so many comps because he fits the prototype. Yeah. yeah. It's like pick any big corner that can lock you down in the NFL. Hey, yep. this guy compares to him. And, and we can thank we can thank Seattle for for this because before Seattle had the Legion of Boom, most 
cornerbacks were were kind of small, quick guys. Now you're yep. seeing more big, fast, physical guys playing the position. Players that used to be at the safety position only a little faster now. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going up against six four, six five receivers. You got to have some athletes with with some size you gotta, to, yeah, to, you have to match up. Stay with them and jump up and catch a ball when quarterbacks trying to keep it away from you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Sertain is is definitely one of the top ten players in this draft. Yeah. Now, I will say, and I think I've noticed, at least in CJ's, uh, mine was very offensive, offense heavy. My mm-hmm. top ten. Uh, I think I only had – I only have two defensive players in my top ten. I have one. <laughs> so usually yours was very uh, – Yeah, but I think heavy. the quarterbacks yeah. played a role in that. But, yes, yeah. you're right. Now mine went went kind of the a uh, different direction and mine's split right down the middle. I've got five offensive and five defensive, and it was not done. It was not done on purpose. That's just who I see as the best. Who did you have at number ten? At number ten, I had Caleb Far- Farley from Virginia Tech, an- another cornerback. So I've got two cornerbacks on my list. Um, I think Farley could be better than Sertain. The only reason I've got him one spot lower is just because of a little bit of injury history. Um, but in high school, he was an all-state quarterback for the state of North Carolina. He's from Hickory. So he he can, much like Chas Surratt when he moved from quarterback to middle linebacker for North Carolina, Farley moved to the defensive side of the ball. In a, it's more focused on quarterback, cornerback. So... He's going to be able to read the quarterback's eyes a little bit better than Sertain can. I think. Um, and he's still developing. That's an encouraging thing. Right? Exactly. He's um, new to the position. Yep. I what mean, here is uh, Derek Stingley out of LSU. Is he a. He will be eligible for next year's uh, draft class. He's already prepping for next year's episode. Oh, yeah. Stingley, <laughs> Stingley is going to be a top five. But like I was saying with with uh, Farley, he's big and fast, just like Sertain is. I mean, they're almost identical in size. Uh, Sertain's a little bit heavier; he's about ten pounds heavier. But they're both six two. They're tall. They can cover them big receivers, and they know what to look for. Sertain can look at the receivers and know what they're doing, and and Farley can look at the quarterback and kind of get a get an idea of what they're doing. So, I mean, they're both. They're obviously for me they're one two in the in the position group. I guess this goes to just a difference in, in list, but I think the top three corners are all neck and neck. Just to throw in Horn from um, South Carolina as well. Oh yeah, and you can't go yeah, wrong with, with any of them. But for me, that also is part of the reason why I didn't include them is because you can wait or trade down and get a, a corner you like. Oh, that's you, Dallas is in the, like just a hell of a position in the tenth pick in the draft because they're going to have like the, just the pick of the litter of any defensive player they want. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, All right. I have, Moving uh, on. Matter if I yeah. ask a question, CJ? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Talking about position positions being available later in the draft. So my biggest question is about Devontae Smith. Cap, if I'm not mistaken, you have him number two overall, right? I do have him number two. So if you're okay with it, CJ, I want to ask you to talk me into him because here's what here's the reason he didn't make my list, and the same reason Waddle didn't make my list. 
Jamar Chase. So, yes, Jamar Chase made my list. But if you look at the receivers that have gone top 10 historically in the NFL draft, they're all huge athletic transcendent talents. You're talking about Julio Jones's, Calvin Johnson's, A.J. Green's, especially the ones that have worked out. Mm-hmm. And my thought is you can find a very strong receiver later in the draft. So I'd rather draft somewhere like someone like there's a reason I have two offensive tackles in my top 10, because those, especially someone who can play left tackle, those guys do not fall. You very, very rarely find them later in a draft. I look at last year and I'm a Colts fan. We got Michael Pittman Jr. In the second round, I think he's got a, a bright future. We have Ch- you have Chase Claypool, a second round pick. You have T. Higgins, a second round pick. You know, even going further than that, a, a physical freak like D.K. Metcalf fell to, I believe, the late second round. So my thought is, I don't want to draft a, uh, a receiver unless he is a physical freak that high. Chase fits that because he runs a sub four four and he is over six feet tall. Why do you have Smith? undeniably productive, truly a spectacular college football player, but thin with average speed. So talk me into him. Why do you think he's, what, number well, two? I, as far as Smith goes, I, just, I really don't see a downside to Smith here. I re- <laughs> that's really all I got to say. He's, I mean, you're he's right. He's almost like Trevor Lawrence. He's almost a generational player in terms oh. of, like you said, I, he's, he's only six one, so he's a little short. Um, as far as you know, the receivers you see coming out now, six three, six four. But it's the it's the frame that I'm worried about, not the height. It's it's the frame. Well, I that's think what I say. As long I I don't see a downside with Devonta Smith as long as he stays healthy. And okay. if I, but I mean, you can say that about anybody. I mean, look at Jadavian Clowney. I mean, he spent seventy five percent of his career on the sideline because he can't stay healthy. And, and he's and, huge. He's six six, two hundred and sixty something pounds when he came out of college. So yeah, you know, so the injury bug can get anybody, doesn't matter how big you are. But and again, you know, if you want to go back to the level of competition, you know, and there's uh, again, I'm not going to get yeah. into the debate about the SEC compared to the rest of college football. But you're playing at a level of competition at a school like Alabama and the level of competition that you've got to play against. And look at the season he put together uh, alongside a receiver like Jalen Waddle, you know, until Waddle got hurt. And then was it Mechie, I believe, is the other guy that he had almost a thousand yards last year as well. So uh, right, he had 990 something, I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken on that number. Uh, so, just you were able to put a Heisman caliber season together, not only with the competition you're playing against, but with the people that you have on your team that were, I mean, if Waddle hadn't gotten hurt, he may have been the Heisman winner. Yeah. So that's, that's my whole, and like I said, I, just, I don't see a downside for Devonta Smith. So you, you believe in that, like Marvin Harrison comparison that has been thrown around? Yes. Okay. I'm a Colts fan. So that's high praise. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just have reservations. But do you have any thoughts? As long as he can stay healthy. Now, if if he goes out there and ends up, you know, within a half a season, ankle injuries and you know, leg injuries, stuff like that, then I'm gonna be like, well, I got that one wrong. But uh, you know, now I will say I have him as the second best player in the draft on my 
top ten. I don't have him going number two overall. Gotcha. Um, uh, who do I have going number two? I know not. That's not the point of this. Probably Zach got, Wilson, I assume. Yeah, right? I've got Zach Wilson going number two to New York, just because New York's not going to give that up. Like I said, I, I just I don't see a downside with Devonta Smith as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I don't have Devonte Smith on my uh, top ten list. I do like him as a receiver, though. He's fast. He's confident in his speed as well. He did say that he believes he can beat uh, Henry Ruggs at the forty. And Henry Ruggs, if you remember, ran a four two seven forty at last year's draft combine. So if he thinks he can beat Ruggs, then then the kid is fast. I, and he's he's kind of. To me, he looks like a Patriots receiver, somebody that is not going to drop many passes and he's going to get open, kind of like a Julian Edelman. Maybe a faster version of Julian Edelman, but he, he's there. He's going to be probably one of the best slot receivers in the draft if he can hold up to the hits. I can't argue with him being a top 10 pick. I wouldn't say put him in, put him at number two. That's extremely high. But, I mean, he's a good player. He won the Heisman for a reason. If he is Marvin Harrison, he's worth the second pick. So Yeah, that's true. You're just, bet, that's you're all just of, betting all on same player. if he, if he, if so he gets that clarification, He was just number two on my top ten best players. He's not yeah. number two overall. Right. Yeah. As a matter of right. fact, he did not go till uh, I believe it was sixth or seventh overall on my mock draft. That's also a little high for me, but. Well, I guess we'll probably be debating that after the draft. We'll see where he actually falls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, Eric's number nine pick. You had Justin Fields, I believe. Is anybody here a big Justin Fields believer? Let me ask that. Uh, hmm. No, and I'll tell you why. Ohio State well, has a I, history of having terrible NFL quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. That was. In this case, <laughs> let me just. I'm gonna. I'm actually just gonna give my negatives then, and and then that way we don't have to spend a lot of time debating it because Justin Fields. Okay, quick positives: prototypical size, prototypical arm strength. He was highly productive in college, and he runs a four four forty. Boom. There are his pros. The negatives: Ohio State quarterbacks are notorious, as CJ said, for failing to live up to expectations. Just look at Dwayne Haskins and the very recent past, right before mm-hmm. Justin Fields. And here, yeah, it goes. It it continues on. My, this is the one stat that I think should speak volumes about my philosophy of risk mitigation, right? I want to see it first. Justin Fields threw to his first option more than any other Division One quarterback in college. What that means is he looks at his first read. Hey, what I want to see is I want to see a progression. First yep. read if they're covered. Second read, third read. I saw that out of Zach Wilson. I thought I saw that out of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I saw that out of Mac Jones. I didn't watch Trey Lance, so I won't lie about that. I, I, I you know what? I Trey Lance I had, only threw one interception. So. Exactly. <laughs> that did not happen with Justin Fields. It happened less. That progression happened less than any other quarterback in football. Now, in his defense, it's because his first option was always open. Always. And it's because they have a track team at receiver at Ohio State. Yes, you can't hold that against him because you throw it to the guy that's open. But I, that doesn't tell me anything about who you are as a quarterback. His sample size is tells me as much about him as Trey Lance's sample size says about 
his potential. I just yeah. I, I have to see it. I don't necessarily disbelieve in him, but I've seen zero from him that shows me he is a pro style quarterback. I yeah, mean, do you guys I'm, have any? He's definitely not in my top ten. I mean, he struggled against who was it? Indiana this Indiana. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right away uh, tells well, me he struggled against Indiana when Indiana was a top ten team as well. Well, you're right, but they don't now, have any they, NFL they, they prospects at, here at the top 10 team. So, you know, you, we can always debate on, you know, what the team's ranking is at the time you play them versus what it is at the end of the year. But you know, Justin Fields, I will say I'm like Eric. The one negative I see with Justin Fields is that when the defense takes away his first target, he does not go through a progression. Mm-hmm. or had difficulties going through progression that it winds up in a lot of interceptions and or sacks outside of that. I mean, he's got the athletic ability and the arm strength, you know, which comes with athletic ability, but you know, so, I mean, I had him at six on my list. So I, the, the, the ceiling is there. That's why he's yeah, on my list. Exactly. Because if he hits, there. if he hits, he could be great. I just have, I, again, I just don't uh, yeah, have confidence I have that he I have the faith. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, I just can't buy into another Ohio State quarterback <laughs> coming yeah. into the draft. I will say Dwayne Haskins clearly had attitude problems, though. Yes, and, but and we go back further to JT Barrett and Cardell, Cardell Jones and even Troy Smith back in the mid-2000s. Mid Mm-hmm. I said Troy Smith and JT Barrett are no longer in the league, are they? Troy Smith didn't last a year in the league. No, he, he was the backup quarterback for the Ravens for like, I don't know, these, but maybe three seasons. He, yeah. he never, yeah. he was never like a legitimate NFL quarterback. Yeah, and yeah. neither was Cardell or JT Barrett. Uh-uh. And to that matter, like neither was Dwayne Haskins. The history of producing lackluster NFL quarterbacks is, you can't overlook it. Yeah. Um, I guess the better question, since we all kind of, I guess we do agree that there's potential, but we need to see it. So the better question is, CJ, who do you have instead of him? Oh, sorry, CJ Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've already talked about my my number nine pick, Patrick Sertain. I've got the two uh, defensive players. Okay, so I guess the next one is, I'm the only one that has Mac Jones, right? Yeah. Let me. I guess I'll give the positives, and you guys tell me why I'm wrong. Yes, Mac Jones threw to NFL talent, but so did Joe Burrow the year before. Mac Jones, he's listed. He, you know, he's considered an unathletic pocket passer, but he has great feel within the pocket. Pocket passers can still thrive in the NFL. I mean, look at Tom. Not saying he's Tom Brady, but our well, Tom he, Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, Drew Brees, you know, a lot of people that can't run. Can be I, successful. Drew Brees is statistically one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I will say he ran a four eight two. I think he ran roughly the same forty as Josh Allen. Not saying he's as athletic as Josh Allen, but he's more athletic than you realize. But he set the NCAA record in completion percentage this past year at seventy seven point four percent, and he broke Joe Burrow's record that was set the previous year for player efficiency at a 203 rating. So he was more efficient than Joe Burrow and had the highest completion percentage of all time. I think accuracy is the biggest indicator of how well a quarterback will do at the next level if they have the requisite arm strength. He has the requisite arm strength. He doesn't have a cannon, 
but he has an average to above average arm. He can make all the throws. He has a very pretty deep ball. He has great placement and touch. He can fit. He can literally, he can drop a ball into a spot better than any quarterback in the nation. The thing with him is he's got to be put in the right circumstance. If you put him on a bad team with a bad offensive line, he's going to be terrible. But if you put him in the right, so I'm a Colts fan, and before we acquired Carson Wentz, I wanted him to play for the Colts because you give him a strong offensive line, some decent weapons, a running game, and a defense, and he could conceivably win a Super Bowl down the road. You put him up behind a bad offensive line, and it's going to be ugly. It's going to be not – which one's the bad one? Derek Carr, the original Carr? Mm-hmm. It's, that's what it, that's what it's going to look like. So no, David Carr. David, David Carr, yeah. David Carr, Carr, yeah. Derek Carr yeah, is the Derek halfway Carr decent now, younger right. brother. You know, again, that's why he's at eight. But in the right circumstance, I think he could be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. I think he's actually – he's got a ceiling of a more accurate Matt Ryan. And that's why if he does indeed go to the 49ers, that's a very good fit because he's his job is to hand the ball off, play action pass, and he can do that very effectively. Now, guys, tell me why I'm wrong since I'm the only believer in Mac Jones. Uh, just the only reason you're wrong is because I found players that I would say are better than him. Mac Jones, to me, is the third best quarterback in this draft class. So every every point you made, I can agree with. Um, the only knock on him really is his athleticism. It, yeah. I mean, I and, and the bad part is, is his mom and dad both played tennis. So they were kind of nimble on their feet. Yeah. His sister plays tennis and his brother plays soccer. So <laughs> arguably he's the most unathletic player in his family. Um, but just look at the draft, the quarterback room for Alabama last year or the year before when Mac Jones Tua and Jalen Hurts were all sitting in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And to I, me, and I, you know what? I think me, Mac Jones is the best of them. Yeah, I agree. Mac Jones will have a better, well, I mean, barring offer, barring yeah. injuries and a su- solid supporting cast. Yeah, yeah. If you put all three of them on the same with the same supporting cast, Mac Jones would have a better career. Yeah. Well, Jalen, I think will is a better quarterback for a bad team with a bad offensive line. Yes, I, I'll concede that. Yeah. So Mac Mac Jones is very situation dependent, but you know what? I I imagine Tom Brady even when he came out was probably very situation dependent as well. That at this point, at this very... yes, that that situation was the best situation any quarterback could ever go into. It turned him into the best quarterback of all time, and he clearly now is not situation dependent. But you know, I it, I don't think it's inconceivable to say that at that point he was situation dependent. Right. Now, see, uh, Cap, why why do you not like him? You you don't have well, him no, on, it's not on your I list. I don't like him. Um, I, I'm like you. He's an unbelievable quarterback, but I did manage to find 10 other players that I like better than Mac Jones. Okay. Again, small sample size as far as, you know, a quarterback of that kind of, you know, of that caliber. But statistically, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation. Uh, you know, the QBR metric system came out in 2004, and last year, Mac Jones had the single highest QBR season in the history of that metric. Um, not sure what that number was, but he's better than – that season was better than quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, 
um, to Tagovailoa, Russell Wilson, and uh, Andrew Luck. You know, and you got to think the number one player in this year's draft, Trevor Lawrence, never finished better than fifth in QBR ranking in a single season. So that shows you what. Now again, I place a lot of emphasis on, like Eric was saying, the, the situational aspect of it, and if. Matt Jones didn't have Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, uh, Mechie, uh, you know, Najee Harris, you know, that he could hand the ball off to and could run, you know, run for 10, 12 yards at a time. Where's Matt Jones going to be if he doesn't have that team around him? And, and like I said, the unbelievable offensive line that Landon Dickerson at center that is actually not projected to go very high, you know, it, you know, as far as offensive linemen is considered. But I have a hard time justifying putting someone in my top 10 that has that many weapons around him, even if it, that, that's the reason his QBR was that high. Look who he's throwing to. Look who he's handing the ball to. Did you feel the same way about Joe Burrow last year? Pretty much. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, I hate that we didn't get to see Joe Burrow play a full NFL season. Uh, he started off really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion, again, I don't get to watch a lot of Cincinnati's games. But, <laughs> who does um, even Cincinnati yeah, fans don't get to watch a lot of Cincinnati's and it's questionable whether or not he'll be able to you know return for the start of this season given the injury yeah. he had. that's up in the air I agree yeah so you know it's I put a lot of emphasis on and that's the same thing my, that's my same argument with Tom Brady is which you know that don't get me wrong that argument took a bit of a hit you know, when he went to Tampa and immediately won a Super Bowl. But all those years in New England and all those teams were, I mean, look at the players he had around him. You know, yeah. unbelievable offensive lines. You know, even even though there were some of the receivers weren't exact, you know, they weren't super small wide receivers. And, you know, they were just so reliable that it's like, the, the play in the Super Bowl in Atlanta when Edelman, I think it was Edelman, caught that pass that, you know, everyone in the world that was watching that game said it was incomplete. You know, when you have players like that around you, you you can't afford to slack off, so to speak, but you can, it's almost like an insurance policy. Yeah, I mean, heck, well, I guess this is a different debate for a different time, but heck, one Super Bowl, they only gave up three points. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll be a debate. I could, I think CJ knows that I could go on ragging on Tom Brady even still for three or four hours. But for the sanity of all parties involved, let's go ahead and take a quick break. That concludes the first half of our NFL prospects overview. If you would give us a like and review on any of the listening platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple. Give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Twitter at Caveman Podcast Network. Facebook is also Caveman Podcast Network. Send us an email at cavemenzone at gmail.com. As always, I'm CJ. I'm Eric. And I'm Cap. Peace.